Welcome to this audio version of Green Top Guideline number 74 on antenatal corticosteroids to reduce neonatal morbidity and mortality. This guideline was produced by Dr. Sarah Stock, Dr. Andrew Thompson and Dr. Sue Papworth on behalf of the Royal College of Obstetricians and Gynaecologists. This guideline was published in February 2022. This guideline will supplement NICE Guideline 25 on preterm labour and birth, published 2015, updated 2019, and the archived RCOG Green Top Guideline number 7 on antenatal corticosteroids to reduce neonatal morbidity and mortality, published October 2010. Section 1. Key Recommendations Recommendation A course of antenatal corticosteroids given within the seven days prior to preterm birth reduces perinatal and neonatal death and respiratory distress syndrome. Grade of recommendation A. Recommendation For women undergoing planned caesarean birth between 37 plus 0 and 38 plus 6 weeks, an informed discussion should take place with the woman and her family members or carers as appropriate about the potential risks and benefits of a course of antenatal corticosteroids. Although antenatal corticosteroids may reduce admission to the neonatal unit for respiratory morbidity, it is uncertain if there is any reduction in respiratory distress syndrome, transient tachypnea of the newborn or neonatal unit admission overall and antenatal corticosteroids may result in harm to the neonate which includes hypoglycemia and potential developmental delay. Grade of recommendation B. Recommendation Corticosteroids should be offered to women between 24 plus 0 and 34 plus 6 weeks gestation in whom imminent preterm birth is anticipated either due to established preterm labour, preterm pre-labour rupture of membranes, PPROM, or planned preterm birth. Grade of recommendation, A. Recommendation. Women with twins and triplets should be offered targeted antenatal corticosteroids for early birth in line with recommendations for singletons. Grade of recommendation, D. Recommendation. Birth should not be delayed for antenatal corticosteroids if the indication for birth is impacting the health of the woman or her baby. Grade of recommendation. Good practice point. Recommendation. Antenatal corticosteroids should be offered to women with PPROM who are at increased risk of preterm birth. Grade of recommendation. A. Recommendation. Antenatal corticosteroid use reduces neonatal death when the first dose is given within the 48 hours prior to birth. Grade of recommendation? D. Recommendation. Benefits are also seen when the first dose is given within 24 hours of birth and antenatal corticosteroids should still be given if birth is expected within this time. Grade of recommendation? D. Section 2. Background and Scope Maternal administration of antenatal corticosteroids before anticipated preterm birth 
is one of the most important interventions to improve neonatal outcomes. See reference 1. They are effective in reducing neonatal respiratory morbidity and other complications of prematurity. The aim of this guideline is to provide evidence-based recommendations on the use of antenatal corticosteroids in women at risk of preterm birth or undergoing caesarean birth at term. This guideline replaces the Royal College of Obstetricians and Gynaecologists Green Top Guideline number 7 on antenatal corticosteroids to reduce neonatal morbidity and mortality, published October 2010 and archived in 2016, and supplements NICE Guideline 25, Preterm Labour and Birth, published 2015 and updated 2019. See reference 2. Relevant recommendations can also be found in the following documents. RCOG Green Top Guideline number 73. Care of women presenting with suspected preterm pre-labour rupture of membranes from 24 plus 0 weeks of gestation. See reference 3. The RCOG Green Top Guideline number 31. Investigation and management of the small for gestational age fetus. See reference 4. RCOG Green Top Guideline number 27A, Placenta Previa and Placenta Accreta, Diagnosis and Management. See Reference 5. NICE Guideline NG133, Hypertension in Pregnancy, Diagnosis and Management. See Reference 6. NICE Guideline NG137, Twin and Triplet Pregnancy. See Reference 7. Within this document, we use the terms woman and women's health. However, it is important to acknowledge that it is not only people who identify as women for whom it is necessary to access women's health and reproductive services in order to maintain their gynaecological health and reproductive well-being. Gynaecological and obstetric services and delivery of care must therefore be appropriate, inclusive and sensitive to the needs of those individuals whose gender identity does not align with the sex they were assigned at birth. Section 3. Identification and Assessment of Evidence The Cochrane Library and Electronic Databases DARE, Embase, TRIP, Medline and PubMed were searched looking for the following terms in the title or abstract. Corticosteroids Glucocorticoids Pregnancy Obstetrics Antenatal Fetal The search was restricted to articles published until January 2021. The full search strategy is available to view online as Supporting Information Appendix S1 Corticosteroids Literature Search Strategy and S2 Corticosteroids Search Strategy Top-Up. This guideline was developed using the methodology described in Clinical Governance Advice 1, brackets A to C. The recommendations have been graded according to the sign hierarchy of evidence. See reference 8. Section 4. The Benefits of Antenatal Corticosteroids 4.1. What are the benefits of corticosteroids in preterm labour and birth? Recommendation. A course of antenatal corticosteroids given within the seven days prior to preterm birth reduces perinatal and neonatal death and respiratory distress syndrome. 
Evidence quality 1++, strength A. Rationale for recommendation? Corticosteroids recommended by a Cochrane systematic review of randomised controlled trials and supported by NICE NG25. See reference 2. Evidence to support the recommendation. A Cochrane systematic review, including 27 studies with 11,272 women and 11,925 babies, investigating the effects of corticosteroids administered prior to anticipated preterm birth, found high certainty of the benefit of antenatal corticosteroids for the neonate. See reference 9. These benefits include reductions in perinatal death, risk ratio RR, 0.85, 95% confidence interval, CI, 0.77 to 0.93. Neonatal death, risk ratio 0.78, 95% confidence interval, 0.70 to 0.87. And respiratory distress syndrome. Risk ratio 0.71, 95% confidence interval, 0.65 to 0.78. There was moderate certainty evidence that antenatal corticosteroids reduce intraventricular haemorrhage. Risk ratio 0.58, 95% confidence interval, 0.45 to 0.75. And reduce developmental delay in childhood. Risk ratio 0.51. 95% confidence interval, 0.27 to 0.97. Evidence level 1++. No studies were identified that showed direct beneficial effect of antenatal corticosteroids for the woman. Section 4.2. What are the benefits of corticosteroids in planned caesarean birth at term? Recommendation. NICE CG132 recommends that planned caesarean birth should not routinely be carried out before 39 plus 0 weeks gestation. Evidence quality 4, strength D. Rationale for recommendation, recommended by NICE CG132, see reference 10. For women undergoing planned caesarean birth between 37 plus 0 and 38 plus 6 weeks, an informed discussion should take place with the woman and her family members or carers as appropriate about the potential risks and benefits of a course of antenatal corticosteroids. Although antenatal corticosteroids may reduce admission to the neonatal unit for respiratory morbidity, it is uncertain if there is any reduction in respiratory distress syndrome, transient tachypnea of the newborn, or neonatal unit admission overall. And antenatal corticosteroids may result in harm to the neonate, which includes hypoglycemia and potential developmental delay. See Table 1. Risks and benefits of antenatal corticosteroids to inform discussions with the woman and her family members or carers as appropriate. Evidence quality 2+, plus, strength B. Rationale for the recommendation? This recommendation is supported by a Cochrane systematic review that found that steroids may reduce admission to the neonatal unit for respiratory morbidity, but the quality of evidence was low to moderate and came from a single trial. 
evidence to support the recommendation. Compared with vaginal birth, infants born by caesarean birth are at greater risk of respiratory distress syndrome, transient tachypnea of the newborn, and admission to the neonatal intensive care unit, NICU. See reference 11. The risk of respiratory morbidity at term is low, 5%, and decreases with advancing gestational age. See reference 12. Ideally, planned caesarean births should be undertaken at or after 39 plus 0 weeks gestation. See reference 10. Evidence level 4. When a planned caesarean birth is being undertaken before 39 plus 0 weeks gestation, corticosteroids may be considered to reduce the risk of neonatal respiratory morbidity. A Cochrane systematic review has assessed the effects of antenatal corticosteroid administration given before planned caesarean birth at term at or after 37 plus 0 weeks gestation. See reference 13. A previous version of this review, see reference 14, included data from four trials but in the updated version, data from three trials were removed as trials did not meet pre-specified trustworthiness criteria. See reference 13. The updated review includes only one multi-centre randomised controlled trial of 998 women and infants, of whom 943 were analysed. As the trial was not placebo-controlled, and so both participants and personnel knew whether or not antenatal corticosteroids were given. The trial was classified as having high risk of performance and detection bias. There was uncertainty if antenatal corticosteroid administration decreased the risk of respiratory distress syndrome, risk ratio 0.34, 95% confidence interval 0.07 to 1.65 low certainty evidence or transient tachypnea of the newborn risk ratio 0.52 95% confidence interval 0.25 to 1.11 low certainty evidence antenatal corticosteroids probably reduced admission to neonatal units or neonatal intensive care units for respiratory morbidity, all levels of care, risk ratio 0.45, 95% confidence interval 0.22 to 0.90, with an absolute reduction of neonatal unit admission for respiratory morbidity from 5.1% to 2.3%, moderate certainty evidence. However, it was uncertain if overall admissions to neonatal units were reduced. Risk ratio 0.81, 95% confidence interval 0.49 to 1.33. The authors of this Cochrane review concluded that there is currently insufficient evidence to draw any definite conclusions and that further studies of higher quality and larger sample sizes are required. There are several ongoing trials of antenatal corticosteroids that may inform future guidelines. Evidence level 2 minus. There is a paucity of evidence on the balance of benefits versus harms when corticosteroids are administered in late pregnancy. Antenatal corticosteroids may increase the risk of neonatal hypoglycemia, 
in-term neonates, extrapolating data from trials of corticosteroids in the late preterm period, see reference 15, and observational data, see reference 16 and 17. And there is some evidence that they may be associated with developmental delay based on limited and incomplete trial follow-up, see reference 18, and observational studies, see reference 19, see section 9.2. As the risk of respiratory distress at term is low, 5%, and it is usually mild and transient, and there is low certainty of benefit, clinicians should discuss these factors with the woman when considering the administration of corticosteroids prior to caesarean birth at term. See Table 1. Table 1. Risks and benefits of antenatal corticosteroids to inform discussions with the woman and her family members or carers as appropriate. Certainty of evidence was aligned to the grading of recommendations, assessment, development and evaluations. Grade system. NNT stands for the number needed to treat. NNH stands for the number needed to harm. Highly likely indicates high certainty evidence. Likely indicates moderate certainty evidence. And may indicates low certainty evidence. At 22 plus 0 to 34 plus 6 weeks, when the woman, in discussion with the perinatal care team, has made an informed decision that active care for the baby is appropriate. The risks and benefits of antenatal corticosteroids to inform discussions with the woman and her family members or carers as appropriate are as follows. Benefits. Highly likely to reduce perinatal mortality. Risk ratio 0.85, 95% confidence interval, 0.77 to 0.93, 2.3% fewer. 95% confidence interval, 1.1% to 3.6% fewer. See reference 9. Number needed to treat? 43.5, 95% confidence interval, 27.8 to 100. Highly likely to reduce neonatal death. Risk ratio 0.78, 95% confidence interval, 0.70 to 0.87. 2.6% fewer, 95% confidence interval, 1.5% to 3.6% fewer. See reference 9. Number needed to treat? 38.5, 95% confidence interval, 27.8 to 62.5. Highly likely to reduce neonatal respiratory distress. Risk ratio 0.71, 95% confidence interval, 0.65 to 0.78, 4.3% fewer, 95% confidence interval, 3.2% to 5.2% fewer. See reference 9. Number needed to treat? 23.3, 95% confidence interval, 19.2 to 30.3. Likely to reduce intraventricular hemorrhage. Risk ratio 0.58, 95% confidence interval, 0.45 to 0.75, 1.4% fewer, 95% confidence interval, 0.8% to 1.8% fewer. See reference 9. Number needed to treat? 71.4, 95% confidence interval, 55.6 to 125. 
likely to reduce developmental delay in childhood. Risk ratio 0.51, 95% confidence interval 0.27 to 0.97, 95% confidence interval 0.2% to 5.7% fewer. See reference 9. Number needed to treat 27, 95% confidence interval 17.9 to 500. Reductions in the above conditions are most likely to be seen if birth is 24 to 48 hours after starting treatment. See reference 1. A reduction in respiratory morbidity but not mortality or intraventricular haemorrhage is likely to be seen if birth is within 7 days of starting treatment. See reference 1. The harms of antenatal corticosteroids for women at 22 plus 0 to 34 plus 6 weeks are as follows. It's likely to affect maternal glucose tolerance for up to five days after administration, with higher risk in diabetic women. See reference 20. It's likely to reduce birth weight if birth is more than seven days after steroids. In brackets, MD, 147.01 grams, 95% confidence interval, 291.97, to 2.05. See reference 1. No benefits are likely to be seen if birth is more than 7 days after starting treatment. See reference 1. It may increase psychiatric and behavioural diagnoses if children are born at term. Number needed to harm? 38.8, 95% confidence interval, 30 to 52.4. See reference 19. Uncertainties surrounding the use of antenatal corticosteroids for women between the gestations of 22 plus 0 to 34 plus 6 weeks. There is less evidence for women with multiple pregnancy. See reference 9. The effects of unnecessary antenatal corticosteroids, i.e. if birth is more than 7 days after steroids, are not well described and while no long-term harms have been proven, large-scale observational studies necessary for pharmacovigilance are lacking. The benefits of antenatal corticosteroids for women at 35 plus 0 to 36 plus 6 weeks gestation are as follows. It's likely to reduce respiratory support, a reduction from 146 out of 1,000 to 116 out of 1,000. Risk ratio 0.80, in brackets 0.66 to 0.97. See reference 15a. NNT 33.3, 95% confidence interval 21.5 to 76.9. Harms. It's likely to increase neonatal hypoglycemia, 150 out of 1,000 to 240 out of 1,000. Risk ratio 1.60, 1.37 to 1.87. See reference 15b. NNH 11.1, 95% confidence interval 8.8 to 14.7. May increase psychiatric and behavioural diagnoses in children born at term. NNH 38.8, 95% confidence interval 30.5 to 52.4. See reference 19. And uncertainties? While no long-term harms have been proven, 
large-scale observational studies necessary for pharmacovigilance are lacking. Benefits seem unlikely if birth is more than seven days after starting treatment, but this has not been studied in women at this gestation. The benefits of antenatal corticosteroids for women before planned caesarean birth at term, 37 to 39 weeks, may decrease admission to neonatal units with respiratory morbidity, in brackets reduction from 51 per 1,000 to 23 per 1,000, risk ratio 0.45 in brackets 0.22 to 0.90, see reference 13, NNT 35.7, 95% confidence interval 25.1 to 196.1, risks, may reduce educational attainment at school age, increase in the proportion of children ranked by teachers as being lower quartile of academic ability from 9% to 18% and reduction in proportion of children obtaining English proficiency from 13% to 7%. See reference 18. Uncertainties. There is uncertainty as to whether there is any reduction in respiratory distress syndrome, transient tachypnea of the newborn or neonatal unit admission overall. Risk of bias in the single centre study means there is low certainty around estimates. Short-term complications such as hypoglycemia have not been rigorously studied but are likely to also apply at these gestational ages, see reference 16 as well as at late preterm gestations. Benefits seem unlikely if birth is more than seven days after starting treatment, but this has not been studied in women at this gestation. While no long-term harms have been proven, large-scale observational studies necessary for pharmacovigilance are lacking. The benefits of the use of antenatal corticosteroids when it's a rescue course if treatment is more than seven days ago. The benefits are that this is likely to reduce the need for respiratory support, in brackets reduction from 395 per 1,000 to 311 per 1,000, risk ratio 0.91, in brackets 0.85 to 0.97, NNT 11.9, in brackets 95% confidence interval, 9.9 to 14.9. See reference 21. The risks are that it is likely to reduce birth weight, mean difference of 80 grams, head circumference and length and neonatal blood pressure. See reference 21. Uncertainties. Dose effects are seen for harms. Section 5. At what gestation should antenatal corticosteroids be discussed and offered? Recommendation Corticosteroid administration has benefits when administered to women in whom imminent preterm birth is anticipated, either due to established preterm labour, PPROM, or planned preterm birth, before 24 plus 0 weeks gestation. The obstetric and neonatal team should discuss the administration of corticosteroids at these early gestations with the woman in the context of her individual circumstances and preferences. Evidence quality 2+, strength B. 
rationale for the recommendation, the benefits of corticosteroids at the threshold of viability are supported by a systematic review and meta-analysis of observational studies and recommended by guidance from the British Association of Perinatal Medicine. See reference 23. Recommendation. Corticosteroids should be offered to women between 24 plus 0 and 34 plus 6 weeks gestation in whom imminent preterm birth is anticipated either due to established preterm labour, PPROM or planned preterm birth. Evidence quality 1 plus plus. Strength of the evidence A. Rationale for the recommendation. Corticosteroids recommended by a Cochrane systematic review of randomised controlled trials and supported by NICE NG25. See reference 2. Recommendation. Clinicians and women should consider the balance of risks and benefits of corticosteroids in women in whom imminent preterm birth is anticipated from 35 plus 0 to 36 plus 6 weeks gestation. Evidence quality 4. Strength D. Rationale for the recommendation. In late preterm birth, steroids have short-term respiratory benefits for the neonate but increase the likelihood of neonatal hypoglycemia. This is addressed in the Cochrane Systematic Review and in NICE NG25. See reference 2. Evidence to support the recommendation. The gestational age range at which antenatal corticosteroids provide benefit and should therefore be considered or offered remains controversial. See reference 24. NICE NG25 addresses the administration of corticosteroids to women at risk of preterm birth, recommending that when offering or considering corticosteroids, a discussion should take place with the woman about how steroids may help and the potential risks associated with their administration. See reference 2. Evidence level 4. There is evidence that corticosteroid administration has benefits when given prior to birth at the threshold of viability, less than 24 plus 0 weeks gestation. See reference 25 to 27. A systematic review and meta-analysis investigating corticosteroid administration before 25 plus 0 weeks gestation in brackets, nine observational studies and a total of 13,443 neonates, found that, compared with controls, corticosteroid administration was associated with reduced mortality. Odds ratio 0.48, 95% confidence interval, 0.42 to 0.55, and reduced intraventricular haemorrhage, forward slash periventricular leukomalacia, PVL, odds ratio 0.70, 95% confidence interval, 0.63 to 0.79. See reference 28. In this study, antenatal corticosteroids were associated with significantly reduced neonatal mortality at 22, 23 and 24 weeks. The benefit for severe IVH, intraventricular haemorrhage, forward slash PVL, periventricular leukomalacia, was significant only at 23 and 24 weeks. 
evidence level 2+. The British Association of Perinatal Medicine recommends that neonatal stabilisation and resuscitation may be considered for babies born from 22 plus 0 weeks gestation. See reference 23. When a woman has made an informed decision that active care for the baby is appropriate, then active obstetric management, including the administration of corticosteroids, is important. Evidence level 4. The 2020 Cochrane Systematic Review looked at outcomes in two gestational age subgroups at trial entry, up to 35 weeks plus zero days and from 34 weeks plus zero days. See reference 9. No difference between subgroups for the outcomes of perinatal death, neonatal death, fetal death, RDS, IVH, birth weight or chorioamnionitis were seen. Evidence level 1++. Plus plus. The subgroup analysis of antenatal corticosteroids from 34 plus 0 weeks gestation included in the Cochrane Review, see reference 9, was dominated by a single trial which assessed the effects of corticosteroids in 2,831 women at risk of late preterm birth. In brackets, 34 plus 0 until 36 plus 5 weeks gestation. See reference 15. In this trial, the administration of corticosteroids significantly reduced the requirement for respiratory support in the first 72 hours of life. In brackets, 11.6% versus 14.4%, risk ratio 0.80, 95% confidence interval. 0.66 to 0.97. Neonatal hypoglycemia was more common in the beta-methasone group than in the placebo group. In brackets, 24.0% versus 15.0%. Risk ratio 1.6, 95% confidence interval, 1.37 to 1.87. Evidence level 1 plus. There are currently insufficient data to assess on long-term effects of late preterm antenatal corticosteroids for the child. See reference 9. In very late preterm gestation women from 35 plus 0 weeks, the use of antenatal corticosteroids should be considered in light of the balance of risks and benefits. Evidence level 4. Section 6. In what particular circumstances should antenatal corticosteroids be discussed with and offered to a woman? Section 6.1 Multiple Pregnancy Recommendation Women with twins and triplets should be offered targeted antenatal corticosteroids for early birth in line with recommendations for singletons. Evidence Quality 3 Strength D Rationale for the Recommendation there is little direct evidence of benefit in twins, but no indication that the effects of corticosteroids are different in multiple pregnancies than in singletons in a Cochrane systematic review of randomised control trials. Recommendation Uncertainties around the benefits and risks of antenatal corticosteroids in twins and triplets should be discussed with women. Evidence quality 4, strength, good practice point. 
Rationale for the recommendation. This is regarded as good practice. Recommendation. Single or multiple untargeted, routine, courses of corticosteroids should not be used in twin or triplet pregnancy. Women should be informed that there is no evidence of benefit in using untargeted administration of corticosteroids. Evidence quality 4. Strength D. Rationale for the recommendation. Recommendation from NICE NG137 on basis of no evidence of benefit. See reference 7. Evidence to support the recommendation. The majority of antenatal corticosteroid trials has excluded women with multiple pregnancy. So there is little evidence regarding use in twins or higher order multiple pregnancies. 11 trials included in the Cochrane Systematic Review of Antenatal Corticosteroids for Lung Maturity included some women with multiple pregnancies, but outcomes were only reported separately for twins in four included studies. See reference 9. In our pre-specified subgroup analysis of these studies, there were no statistically significant differences in the maternal or perinatal outcomes of multiple pregnancies that received antenatal corticosteroids compared to those that did not. However, the analyses included a limited number of cases, so these findings should be interpreted with caution. Evidence level 3. A secondary analysis of data from a trial of progesterone to prevent preterm birth in multiple pregnancy suggested there may be harm associated with antenatal corticosteroid use. 432 women and 850 neonates. Babies of women who received antenatal corticosteroid treatment were more likely to be admitted to a neonatal intensive care unit, 235, 78%, versus 322, 59%, and receive mechanical ventilation, 70, 23%, versus 66, 12%, with no apparent improvement in respiratory distress syndrome or neonatal morbidity compared with babies of women who did not receive treatment. See reference 29. Evidence level 2 minus. NICE guideline NG137 recommends the targeted use of antenatal corticosteroids in women with multiple pregnancy based on a presumption of similar effects in multiple pregnancies as in singletons. See reference 7. Evidence level 4. NICE guideline NG137 recommends against the use of single or repeated doses of untargeted steroids due to limited low quality evidence. See reference 7. Evidence level 4. Section 6.2. Women with diabetes mellitus. Recommendation. Diabetes should not be considered an absolute contraindication to antenatal corticosteroids for fetal lung maturation. Evidence quality 4, strength D. Rationale for the recommendation? NICE NG3 addresses the use of antenatal corticosteroids in women with diabetes. See reference 30. Recommendation. In women with diabetes who are receiving corticosteroids, additional insulin should be given according to an agreed protocol and close monitoring should be undertaken. Evidence quality 4, 
Strength D. Rationale for the recommendation? NICE NG3 addresses the use of antenatal corticosteroids in women with diabetes. See reference 30. Recommendation. For women with diabetes undergoing planned caesarean birth between 37 plus 0 and 38 plus 6 weeks, an informed discussion should take place with the woman and her family members or carers as appropriate about the potential risk and benefit of a course of corticosteroids. Corticosteroid administration is associated with increased rates of neonatal hypoglycemia. Evidence quality 2 plus, evidence strength C. Rationale for the recommendation. The administration of corticosteroids has been shown to increase rates of neonatal hypoglycemia in retrospective cohort studies. Evidence to support the recommendation. Women with diabetes mellitus have been excluded from most randomised controlled trials of antenatal corticosteroids because of concerns about their potential effects on glycemic control. Maternal blood glucose levels rise shortly after administration of corticosteroids and can remain elevated for up to five days. See reference 20 and 31. One systematic review and meta-analysis identified no eligible studies on preterm birth outcomes following corticosteroid therapy in pregnancies complicated by diabetes. See reference 32. Guidance from NICE recommends that diabetes should not be considered a contraindication to antenatal corticosteroids for fetal lung maturation. See reference 30. Evidence level 4. In view of the effects of corticosteroids on glycemic control, NICE recommends that in women with insulin-treated diabetes who are receiving steroids for fetal lung maturation, additional insulin should be given according to an agreed protocol and the women should be monitored closely. Guidelines on the management of glycemic control in pregnant women with diabetes during antenatal steroid administration have been produced by the Joint British Diabetes Societies for Inpatient Care. See reference 33. Evidence level 4. Retrospective cohort studies have shown that the administration of corticosteroids prior to caesarean section at term, after 37 plus 0 weeks gestation, in women with diabetes, gestational and pre-existing, is associated with increased rates of neonatal hypoglycemia. See reference 34. Evidence level 2 plus. Ideally, the risks and benefits of corticosteroids and the potential adverse effects of a variable rate intravenous insulin infusion if required should be discussed with the woman and her family members or carers as appropriate prior to the administration of steroids. Section 6.3 Pregnancies complicated by fetal growth restriction, preeclampsia or antepartum haemorrhage. Recommendation. Birth should not be delayed for antenatal corticosteroids if the indication for birth is impacting the health of the woman or her baby. Evidence quality, 4. Strength, good practice point. Rationale for the recommendation. This is considered good practice. Recommendation. NICE Guidance NG25 
recommends a course of antenatal corticosteroids should be offered if planned early birth is necessary for hypertension in pregnancy. Evidence quality 1 plus. Strength B. Rationale for the recommendation? There is limited direct evidence of benefit in women with hypertensive syndromes. The use of antenatal corticosteroids is endorsed by NICE NG25. See reference 2. Recommendation. If imminent preterm birth is likely, a course of antenatal corticosteroids should be offered to women whose babies are thought to be either small for gestational age, SGA, or to have fetal growth restriction, but women should be counselled about the lack of evidence to guide care. Evidence quality 2++, strength C. There is little direct evidence of benefits in small for gestational age babies, but equally there is little evidence that antenatal corticosteroids perform differently in babies with growth restriction compared to the overall preterm population. The use of corticosteroids in this situation is recommended by the RCOG Green Top Guideline number 31. See reference 4. Evidence to support the recommendation. Trials of antenatal corticosteroids include a diverse number of subpopulations of women whose response to corticosteroids may vary. However, in general, subgroup analyses have been underpowered to provide precise estimates of the benefits and risks of antenatal corticosteroids for specific indications. The NICE guidance NG25, recommendations for antenatal corticosteroid administration, were thus made regardless of any specific indication for preterm birth. See reference 2. In the Cochrane Systematic Review of Antenatal Corticosteroids, pre-specified subgroup analyses were performed in women with hypertension syndromes. See reference 9. There were no differences in corticosteroid effects on perinatal mortality, neonatal mortality and fetal death seen between women with and without hypertension syndromes. Heterogeneity of effects were seen for RDS, respiratory distress syndrome, in the subgroup analyses with potentially a larger reduction in respiratory distress syndrome seen in hypertensive mothers than other groups, but there is considerable uncertainty about these estimates. There were insufficient data to perform subgroup analyses for many other outcomes. NICE guidance recommends that a course of antenatal corticosteroids is offered if planned early birth is necessary for hypertension in pregnancy. See reference 2 and 6. Evidence level 1 plus. A systematic review identified no randomised controlled trials of antenatal corticosteroids in pregnancies complicated by fetal growth restriction. See reference 32. A meta-analysis of eight observational studies of women with small for gestational age or fetal growth restricted babies, 2,846 women and babies, found no statistically significant benefits associated with antenatal corticosteroids. No differences in neonatal mortality were associated with antenatal corticosteroid administration in babies that were small for gestational age. Pooled odds ratio 0.78, 95% confidence interval, 
0.58 to 1.04. Six studies, 958 infants, or those that had fetal growth restriction. Pooled, odds ratio 0.81, 95% confidence interval 0.58 to 1.14. Four studies, 504 infants. Antenatal corticosteroids were not associated with any statistically significant reductions in morbidities either. One small study included in the meta-analysis found significantly higher rates of survival without disability at two years, corrected age, in infants born with fetal growth restriction who were exposed to antenatal corticosteroids compared to those that were not exposed. 115 infant Odds ratio 2.55, 95% confidence interval, 1.11 to 5.87, 82% versus 65%. See reference 35. A subsequent systematic review of 13 observational cohort and case control studies, including 6,387 preterm SGA, small for gestational age infants, found that neonatal mortality was significantly lower among infants whose mothers had received antenatal corticosteroids than those who had not. 12 studies, 12.8% versus 15.1%. Pooled, odds ratio, 0.63, 95% confidence interval, 0.46 to 0.86. There was no apparent effect on neonatal morbidity. See reference 36. Evidence level 2++. Children who are born preterm and growth restricted are at increased risk of adverse long-term neurodevelopmental outcomes. However, a secondary analysis of data from the multi-centre Australasian collaborative trial of repeated doses of corticosteroids, ACTORDS, found that repeated antenatal betamethasone treatment compared with placebo, was not associated with adverse effects on neurocognitive function at 6 to 8 years of age, even in the presence of fetal growth restriction. See reference 37. Evidence level 1 minus. There is, however, little evidence to suggest that steroids will perform differently in babies with growth restriction compared to the overall preterm population. See reference 1. RCOG guidance on small for gestational age babies recommends that women with a small for gestational age baby should receive antenatal corticosteroids to accelerate fetal lung maturation and reduce neonatal death and morbidity in a similar way to those with a small for gestational age baby. See reference 4. Evidence level 4. Additional recommendations on antenatal corticosteroids for women with placenta previa and placenta accreta are given in RCOG Green Top Guideline number 27A. See reference 5. Evidence level 4. Section 6.4. Preterm, pre-labour, rupture of membranes. PPROM. Recommendation. Antenatal corticosteroids should be offered to women with PPROM who are at increased risk of preterm birth. Evidence quality 1++. Strength A. Rationale for the recommendation. 
Our meta-analysis of randomised controlled trials supports the use of antenatal corticosteroids in this situation. Recommendation There is currently limited evidence to recommend repeat courses of antenatal corticosteroids if a woman remains at imminent risk of preterm birth seven days after administration of antenatal corticosteroids. However, a further course may reduce the need for neonatal respiratory support. Evidence level 1+, plus, strength B. Rationale for the recommendation? The administration of one or more repeat courses of corticosteroids is addressed in section 10. Evidence to support the recommendation. The role of antenatal corticosteroids in women presenting with suspected preterm pre-labour rupture of membranes from 24 plus 0 weeks gestation is addressed in RCOG Green Top Guideline number 73 and in NICE Guideline NG25. See reference 2 and 3. The World Health Organization recommends that corticosteroids are appropriate for women with PPROM who have no clinical signs of infection. See reference 1. Evidence level 4. PPROM complicates up to 3% of pregnancies and is associated with 30 to 40% of preterm births. See reference 38. The median latency after PPROM is 7 days and tends to shorten as the gestational age at PPROM advances. See reference 39 and 40. A meta-analysis of 17 randomised controlled trials has demonstrated that the administration of corticosteroids to women with PPROM reduces the risks of respiratory distress syndrome, risk ratio 0.81, 95% confidence interval, 0.67 to 0.98, and intraventricular haemorrhage, risk ratio 0.49, 95% confidence interval, 0.25 to 0.96. No difference was observed between steroid and control groups concerning the risk for necrotizing enterocolitis, neonatal sepsis and APGAR score of less than 7 at 5 minutes. Perinatal mortality was similar between steroid and control groups. See reference 41. Evidence level 1++. The administration of a repeat course of corticosteroids is addressed in section 10. In women with PPROM, concerns have been raised that multiple courses of corticosteroids may increase the risk of chorioamnionitis and neonatal sepsis. See reference 42 to 44. A secondary analysis of the beneficial effects of antenatal magnesium randomised control trial, see reference 45, investigated 1,641 women with PPROM who received either one or two courses of antenatal corticosteroids, see reference 46. The rate of neonatal sepsis was similar whether the woman had received one compared with two courses of steroids. 16.2% versus 17.2%. See reference 46. A further secondary analysis of the BEAM dataset, Beneficial Effects of Antenatal Magnesium, dataset found no increased risk of chorioamnionitis between the groups. Single course incidence 12.3% and repeat course 11.0%.
See reference 47. Evidence level 2 plus. Section 7. What is the optimum dose and route of administration for a course of antenatal corticosteroids? Recommendation. In the UK, it is recommended that 24 milligrams of dexamethasone phosphate is given intramuscularly in two divided doses of 12 milligrams 24 hours apart or four divided doses of 6 milligrams 12 hours apart. Evidence quality 2 plus, strength B. Rationale for the recommendation A Cochrane systematic review found that dexamethasone compared with betamethasone, reduced the risk of intraventricular haemorrhage. Recommendation An alternative is 24mg betamethasone sodium phosphate acetate mix, given intramuscularly in two divided doses of 12mg 24 hours apart. Evidence quality 2++, strength B. Rationale for the recommendation Betamethasone acetate phosphate is the formulation of betamethasone which is most trialled. Compared to dexamethasone, betamethasone sodium phosphate acetate may reduce the risk of chorioamnionitis. Recommendation Clinicians should be aware that betamethasone phosphate, the preparation widely available in the United Kingdom, has different pharmacokinetics from betamethasone sodium phosphate acetate mix and there is little evidence to guide the effective dosage regimen for this formulation. Evidence quality 4. Strength. Good practice point. Rationale for the recommendation. This is considered good practice. Recommendation. Oral or transplacental administration is not recommended. Evidence quality 2 plus plus. Strength B. Rationale for the recommendation? There is insufficient evidence to support administration by these routes. Evidence to support the recommendation. Antenatal corticosteroids are designed to cross the placenta. They are given at high doses that have been unchanged since Liggins and Howey's original experiments in the 1970s and have not been optimised for human pregnancy. See reference 48. Two types of antenatal corticosteroid have been widely tested and used in clinical practice, betamethasone and dexamethasone. These are synthetic, fluorinated corticosteroids with similar activities. See reference 48. Betamethasone. Betamethasone is available in two formulations. Betamethasone sodium phosphate is soluble with a short half-life, while betamethasone sodium acetate is insoluble and has a long half-life. See reference 49. In many countries, the two preparations are available in a 50-50 to 50 mixture as a generic preparation or under the trade name Celestone Chronodose. This mixed soluble forward slash insoluble preparation is similar to one used in the original studies performed by Liggins and Howey and has been most widely used in trials of antenatal corticosteroids for fetal lung maturity. See reference 48 and 49. This formulation is used in North America 
Australia and most of Europe. It is an opaque white liquid that requires refrigeration. The most commonly trialled and recommended dosage regimen is two 12 milligram boluses given intramuscularly 24 hours apart. Total 24 milligrams. Evidence level 2++. Betamethasone sodium phosphate, the soluble form of betamethasone, is used in some countries, including the United Kingdom, where the mixed formulation is not widely available. This is a clear liquid, has a short half-life and has been less widely tested in clinical trials. The difference between the two formulations of betamethasone and their very different pharmacokinetics has not been widely recognised and many trial publications do not specify the formulation used. The optimum dosage strategy for betamethasone sodium phosphate is not clear. However, given the short half-life, a similar dosage schedule to dexamethasone may be pragmatic. Evidence level 4. Dexamethasone Dexamethasone phosphate is a soluble preparation which is slightly cheaper than betamethasone sodium phosphate acetate mix and does not require refrigeration. Dexamethasone is included in the World Health Organization Essential Medicine list. The World Health Organization Managing Complications in Pregnancy and Childbirth a guide for midwives and doctors, and is more commonly used in low- and middle-income countries. See reference 50 and 51. The most commonly used dosage schedule in trials is four doses of 6 mg given intramuscularly 12 hours apart. Total, 24 mg. Evidence level 2+. In the Cochrane Systematic Review on Antenatal Corticosteroids, for fetal lung maturity, a pre-specified subgroup analysis was performed, comparing the formulation of antenatal corticosteroid used. See reference 9. 16 trials used betamethasone and 8 used dexamethasone. No distinction was made between betamethasone sodium phosphate acetate mix or betamethasone phosphate in the review but the majority of betamethasone studies were carried out in countries where betamethasone sodium phosphate acetate mix is recommended. In this analysis, betamethasone resulted in less maternal chorioamnionitis than dexamethasone, although there was uncertainty regarding these estimates. Little difference between formulations was seen in other outcomes. Evidence level 2 plus. Another Cochrane systematic review assessed the use of different corticosteroids and regimens for accelerating fetal lung maturation and included a total of 12 trials, 1,557 women and 1,661 infants. See reference 52. No distinction was made in the review between betamethasone sodium phosphate acetate mix or betamethasone phosphate. Six of the included trials had a primary outcome of a fetal biophysical parameter or maternal blood parameter rather than a morbidity outcome. On analysis of the remaining trials, no differences were seen in respiratory distress syndrome. 
five trials, 753 babies. Or perinatal death, four trials, 596 babies. Between the two formulations, dexamethasone resulted in a lower risk of intraventricular haemorrhage, four trials, 549 babies. Evidence level 2+. More recently, a randomised controlled trial, 1,346 women, 1,509 babies, 79 with follow-up to two years, found no differences in the incidence of death or neurosensory disability at two years between dexamethasone and betamethasone phosphate acetate mix. 198, 33% of 603 infants receiving dexamethasone versus 192, 32% of 591 infants receiving betamethasone phosphate acetate mix. Adjusted relative risk, 0.97, 95% confidence interval, 0.83 to 1.13, P equals 0.66. Both drugs were given in two divided doses, 24 hours apart. Side effects of the two preparations were similar, although more women experienced discomfort at the injection site with beta-methasone phosphate acetate mix. See reference 53. Evidence level 1+. There is insufficient evidence to recommend use of other antenatal corticosteroids that may cross the placenta including hydrocortisone. The use of oral preparations or a direct fetal administration. See reference 52 and 54. Evidence level 2++. Section 8. How long after administration is a course of antenatal corticosteroids most effective? Recommendation. Antenatal corticosteroid use reduces neonatal death when the first dose is given within the 48 hours prior to birth. Evidence quality 4. Strength D. Rationale for the recommendation discussed in the WHO guidance that cites an archived Cochrane review of randomised controlled trials. See reference 1. Recommendation. Benefits are also seen when the first dose is given within 24 hours of birth and antenatal corticosteroids should still be given if birth is expected within this time. Evidence quality 4. Strength D. Rationale for the recommendation discussed in WHO guidance that cites an archived Cochrane review of randomised controlled trials. Recommendation Antenatal corticosteroids are most effective in reducing respiratory distress syndrome in pregnancies that birth between 24 hours and 7 days of administration of the second dose of antenatal corticosteroids. Evidence quality 4, strength D. Rationale for the recommendation discussed in WHO guidance that cites an archived Cochrane review of randomised controlled trials. Evidence to support the recommendation. The WHO recommendations on interventions to improve preterm birth outcomes cites the now-archived 2006 Cochrane Review where subgroup analyses were performed according to the interval between corticosteroid administration and preterm birth. 
See reference 1 and 55. There was a significant reduction in cases of respiratory distress syndrome among babies born before 48 hours, risk ratio 0.67, 95% confidence interval, 0.49 to 0.93, three studies, 374 infants, and between one and seven days. Risk ratio 0.46, 95%, confidence interval 0.35 to 0.60, nine studies, 1,110 infants, but not among those born before 24 hours. Risk ratio 0.87, 95% confidence interval 0.66 to 1.15, nine studies, 517 infants, or those born more than seven days after the first dose of antenatal corticosteroids. Risk ratio 0.82, 95%, confidence interval 0.53 to 1.28, eight studies, 988 infants. Significant reductions were also observed in cases of cerebroventricular haemorrhage among infants born within 48 hours of the first dose of steroids. Risk ratio 0.26, 95% confidence interval, 0.09 to 0.75, one study, 339 infants, but not in any of the other subgroups. Evidence level 4. There was a significant reduction in fetal and neonatal death for birth within 24 hours of administration. Risk ratio 0.60, 95%, confidence interval 0.39, to 0.94, three studies, 293 infants, and within 48 hours. Risk ratio 0.59, 95%, confidence interval 0.41 to 0.86, one study, 373 infants, but not those born between one and seven days. Risk ratio 0.81, 95%, confidence interval 0.60 to 1.09, three studies, 606 infants, or those born after seven days. Risk ratio 1.42, 95% confidence interval, 0.91 to 2.23, three studies, 598 infants. This difference was due to reduction in neonatal, but not fetal, deaths. Evidence level four. However, Caution should be exercised in the interpretation of the data due to the limitations and potential bias of the subgroup analyses in the original 2006 review. The question as to whether the effects of antenatal corticosteroids change with time to delivery would require reanalysis of individual patient data to clarify whether the association is real. See reference 56. This reanalysis was not undertaken in the 2017 or 2020 updates of the Cochrane Review and therefore the need for caution remains. See reference 9 and 57. Accumulation of data from population-based cohort studies, including large numbers of infants, supports the early effects of antenatal corticosteroids. The EPICE group demonstrated that any antenatal corticosteroid was associated with reduced mortality with the largest effect 24 hours to 7 days after first injection. 
adjusted risk ratio 0.5, 95% confidence interval 0.4 to 0.6. See reference 58. Further analysis demonstrated a significant risk reduction in mortality of 50% with a time of administration to birth interval of 18 to 36 hours, 4,594 infants, 24 to 31 weeks, 11 countries, compared with no antenatal steroids, though the significant reduction in severe brain injury was associated with longer administration to birth intervals, more than 48 hours. All outcomes had an increased risk after the interval had increased beyond seven days, evidence level 2+. A population-based cohort study in Sweden of infants born at 22 to 26 completed weeks gestation demonstrated that survival was lower in infants not exposed to antenatal corticosteroids, hazard ratio 0.26, 95% confidence interval 0.15 to 0.43. In infants born less than 24 hours, hazard ratio 0.53, 0.33 to 0.87, and more than seven days after steroid administration, hazard ratio 0.56, 0.32 to 0.97, but not in infants born 24 to 47 hours after steroids. Hazard ratio 1.60, 0.73 to 3.50, as compared with infants born 48 hours to 7 days after administration. See reference 59. Evidence level 2 plus. A Canadian retrospective cohort study of 6,870 infants born at 24 to 33 weeks gestation concluded antenatal corticosteroids had maximal effect when given between one and seven days before birth. The odds of the composite adverse outcome were significantly higher in all groups compared with neonates who received antenatal corticosteroids one to seven days before birth, in brackets, no antenatal corticosteroids, adjusted odds ratio 2.12, 95% confidence interval 1.69 to 2.65, partial antenatal corticosteroids, adjusted odds ratio 1.48, 95% confidence interval 1.22 to 1.80, and antenatal corticosteroids at greater than 7 days. Adjusted odds ratio 1.46, 95% confidence interval 1.20 to 1.77. Similar findings were observed with respect to neonatal mortality, no antenatal corticosteroids. Adjusted odds ratio 2.56, 95% confidence interval 1.83 to 3.59. Partial antenatal corticosteroids. Adjusted odds ratio 1.59, 95% confidence interval 1.16 to 2.18 and antenatal corticosteroids at greater than 7 days. Adjusted odds ratio 1.40, 95% confidence interval 1.00 to 1.97. See reference 60. Evidence level 2 plus. 
a secondary analysis of two prospective studies, including 2,259 babies, found that neonates exposed to antenatal corticosteroids between two and up to seven days prior to birth had the lowest risk of respiratory distress syndrome at 51.3% when compared to babies who received antenatal corticosteroids before two days, seven to before 14 days and from 14 days prior to birth. 62.7%, 55.9% and 57.6% respectively. P less than 0.001. Their odds of respiratory distress syndrome with antenatal corticosteroids before two days and from 14 days prior to birth was increased when compared to antenatal corticosteroids given between two and up to seven days before. A odds ratio 2.07, 95% confidence interval 1.61 to 2.66 up to two days and A odds ratio 1.40, 95% confidence interval 1.07 to 1.83 for from 14 days. Babies exposed to antenatal corticosteroids from 14 days prior to birth were at increased odds for severe neonatal morbidity. A odds ratio 1.57, 95% confidence interval, 1.12 to 2.19, and early childhood morbidity. A odds ratio 1.74, 95% confidence interval, 1.02 to 2.95. Compared to those exposed between two and up to seven days before birth. See reference 61. Evidence level 2 plus. Section 9. What are the risks associated with the administration of antenatal corticosteroids? Recommendation. Women should be counselled regarding the risks and uncertainties surrounding the evidence of antenatal corticosteroid treatment. Evidence quality 4. Strength. Good practice point. Rationale for the recommendation. This is considered good practice. Recommendation. Institutions should use standard guidelines for the assessment and management of neonatal hypoglycemia in late preterm or early term newborn who have received recent antenatal corticosteroids. Evidence quality 4. Strength. Good practice point. Rationale for the recommendation. This is considered good practice. In a large randomised controlled trial, antenatal corticosteroids increased the risk of hypoglycemia in babies born later preterm. Section 9.1. What are the risks to the woman? In the Cochrane Systematic Review on Antenatal Corticosteroids for Fetal Lung Maturity, there was no evidence that antenatal corticosteroids increased rates of maternal infection. See reference 9. Although the majority of data within the meta-analysis was from high-income settings, the meta-analysis did include data from a large randomised controlled trial of 2,852 women at risk 
of early preterm birth, in brackets 26 plus 0 to 33 plus 6 weeks gestation, at sites with maternal and neonatal hospital services meeting the WHO criteria for antenatal corticosteroid treatment in five low- and middle-income countries. See reference 62. Evidence level 1+. As described above, corticosteroids are known to increase maternal blood glucose levels. See reference 31. One trial included in the Cochrane Systematic Review on Antenatal Corticosteroids for Fetal Lung Maturity reported effects on glucose tolerance. See reference 9. In this small trial, women treated with antenatal corticosteroids were more likely to have an abnormal glucose tolerance test performed from 72 hours after steroid administration compared to controls. 123 women, risk ratio 2.71, 95% confidence interval 1.14 to 6.46. See reference 63. Evidence level 1 minus. Section 9.2. What are the risks to the baby? Antenatal corticosteroid administration affects fetal growth. Babies who receive antenatal corticosteroids have a lower birth weight than those that receive placebo. See reference 1, 64 and 65. A dose response is seen and babies that receive multiple courses of antenatal corticosteroids are most affected with reductions in weight, head circumference and length. See reference 21. Evidence level 1 plus. As discussed above, late preterm babies who receive antenatal corticosteroids have higher rates of neonatal hypoglycemia. See reference 15. A retrospective cohort study including 99 neonates whose mother had received antenatal corticosteroids found that the occurrence of neonatal hypoglycemia was independent from the time interval between steroid administration and birth. See reference 17. Neonatal hypoglycemia has also been demonstrated in women with diabetes who have received steroids prior to caesarean birth at term. See reference 34. Evidence level 2+. The long-term metabolic and neurological consequences of neonatal hypoglycemia are uncertain. A follow-up cohort at 4.5 years from the children with hypoglycemia and their later development study found that neonatal hypoglycemia was associated with a dose-dependent increased risk of poor executive function and visual motor function and may therefore impact on later learning. See reference 66. Evidence level 2 plus. Concerns have been raised that antenatal corticosteroids may have long-lasting effects on the cardiovascular system and metabolic profile. A 30-year follow-up of 534 surviving participants of a randomised controlled trial of antenatal corticosteroids found no statistically significant differences in growth, blood pressure blood lipids, plasma cortisol, prevalence of diabetes or history of cardiovascular disease in the group exposed to antenatal corticosteroids compared to placebo. See reference 67. However, 
participants exposed to antenatal corticosteroids were more insulin resistant and had higher plasma insulin concentrations in response to a glucose tolerance test than those exposed to placebo. 60.5 versus 52.0 mLU per L. P equals 0.02. Cohort studies have shown young adults 23 to 28 years who were exposed to antenatal corticosteroids had decreased aortic distensibility and altered glucose metabolism compared to controls. See reference 68. And 14-year-olds exposed to antenatal corticosteroids had higher blood pressure than unexposed children. See reference 69. Evidence level 2 plus. Another concern is that antenatal corticosteroids may have effects on brain development. An individual patient data meta-analysis of the effects of repeat antenatal corticosteroids is reassuring in that no differences were seen on death or neurodevelopment in follow-up studies. Six trials, 4,557 children. See reference 21. Evidence level 1+. However, Emerging evidence suggested that there may be detrimental effects on long-term development, particularly in term-born infants who were exposed to antenatal corticosteroids. A population cohort study of nearly 70,000 school-aged children in Finland found antenatal corticosteroid exposure compared with non-exposure was associated with higher risk of psychiatric and behavioural disorders. 12.01% versus 6.45% adjusted hazard ratio, 1.33 at 95% confidence interval, 1.26 to 1.41, especially in term-born children, 8.89% versus 6.31% hazard ratio, 1.47, 95% confidence interval, 1.36 to 1.69, Number needed to harm, 38.8, 95% confidence interval, 30.5 to 52.4, see reference 19. Evidence level 2+. A Canadian population cohort study found a similar association among term-born infants exposed to antenatal corticosteroids during pregnancy with healthcare utilisation during childhood related to suspected neurocognitive and neurosensory disorders, audiometry testing, visual testing or physician service claim with a diagnosis code related to a suspected neurocognitive disorder. 61.7% in corticosteroid exposed children. 3,346 out of 5,423 compared to 57.8%. 302? 520? out of 523, 782. In non-steroid exposed children, a hazard ratio 1.12, 95% confidence interval 1.08 to 1.16, p less than 0.001, number needed to harm 25, 95% confidence interval 19 to 38. See reference 70. Evidence level 2-. A cohort study has shown an increased cortisol response to psychological stress in term-born 6- to 11-year-old girls 
and Turnborn 14 to 18-year-olds exposed to antenatal corticosteroids preterm compared to non-exposed children. See reference 71 and 72. Further analysis of this cohort found effects on the development of frontoparietal brain functions during adolescence, affecting multiple facets of adaptive, cognitive and behavioural control associated with antenatal corticosteroid exposure. See reference 73. Evidence level 2+. Follow-up of 407 of the original 998 participants of a trial of antenatal corticosteroids prior to term planned caesarean birth at 8 to 15 years of age found that children exposed to antenatal betamethasone prior to planned caesarean birth were more likely to be in the lower quartile of academic ability, 8.5 versus 17.7%, P equals 0.03, although no other differences in outcome were detected. See reference 18. These findings must be interpreted with caution due to the low follow-up rates. In a cohort of 179 surviving adults, 29 to 36-year-old, who were born at extremely low birth weight, below 1 kilogram, exposure to antenatal corticosteroids was associated with clinically significant anxiety. Odds ratio 3.34, 95% confidence interval, 1.03 to 10.81. See reference 74. Evidence level 2 minus. WHO recommend antenatal corticosteroids should only be offered when a minimum standard of maternal and neonatal hospital services are available. See reference 1. In a cluster randomised control trial in low and middle income settings of a strategy to scale up use of antenatal corticosteroids. See reference 75. There was a very unexpected increase in neonatal mortality. Risk ratio 1.12. 1.02 to 1.22 and stillbirth risk ratio 1.11 1.02 to 1.22 in clusters with increased antenatal corticosteroid use only 16% of the women who received antenatal corticosteroids gave birth to a less than 5th percentile newborn which was used as a surrogate for preterm birth due to difficulties in establishing gestation suggesting significant overdiagnosis of imminent preterm birth and overtreatment with antenatal corticosteroids. The increased mortality was driven by increases in infants above the 25th percentile for birth weight, i.e. likely term born. Reassuringly, however, a subsequent large randomised control trial of 2,852 women at risk of early preterm birth 26 plus 0 to 33 plus 6 weeks gestation, attending sites with maternal and neonatal hospital services meeting the WHO criteria for antenatal corticosteroid treatment in five low- and middle-income countries, found that compared to placebo, dexamethasone phosphate reduced neonatal death. Risk ratio 0.84, 95% confidence interval, 0.72, to 0.97, P equals 0.03. And perinatal mortality, risk ratio 0.88, 95% confidence interval, 0.78 to 0.99, P equals 0.04. 
without increasing maternal infection. Risk ratio 0.76, 95% confidence interval 0.56 to 1.03. See reference 62. Evidence level 1 minus. Section 10. What are the contraindications to the use of antenatal corticosteroids? Recommendation. Birth should not be delayed to administer antenatal corticosteroids when there are serious concerns about the maternal or fetal condition that will be alleviated by expedited birth. Evidence quality 4. Strength. Good practice point. Rationale for this recommendation. This is considered good practice. Recommendation. In the presence of systemic infection, the potential beneficial effects of antenatal corticosteroids intended for the baby are balanced against the effect of exacerbating the severity of systemic infection both for the woman and her baby. Evidence quality 4. Strength D. Rationale for the recommendation. Addressed in guidance from the WHO, corticosteroids cause immune suppression so there is a potential risk of worsening systemic infection. Evidence to support the recommendation. Corticosteroids suppress the immune system, so there is a risk that their use may activate latent infections or exacerbate fungal infections. In a woman with systemic infection, it may theoretically suppress the immune response to infection. There is no evidence to suggest that a single course of corticosteroids increase infections or antibiotic use, but caution should be exercised when there is systemic infection. See reference 1 and 9. Evidence level 4. Section 11. In what circumstances should an antenatal course of corticosteroids be repeated? Recommendation. Women should be informed that no reduction in serious morbidity or long-term benefits have been seen with repeat corticosteroids, but babies who receive repeat doses of antenatal corticosteroids are smaller, lower birth weight and reduced length. Evidence quality 1 plus, strength B. Rationale for the recommendation. These are the findings from an individual participant data meta-analysis of randomised controlled trials. Recommendation. There is currently limited evidence to recommend repeat courses of antenatal corticosteroids if a woman remains at imminent risk of preterm birth seven days after administration of antenatal corticosteroids. However, a further course may reduce the need for neonatal respiratory support. Evidence quality 1 plus. Strength B. Rationale for the recommendation. These are the findings from an individual participant data meta-analysis of randomised control trials. Recommendation The maximum number of corticosteroid courses given in any one pregnancy should not exceed 3. Evidence quality 4 Strength GPP Rationale for the recommendation Author's expert opinion from an individual participant data meta-analysis of randomised control trials. An individual participant data meta-analysis included data from 11 randomised controlled trials of repeat doses of corticosteroids, 4,857 women, 
5,915 babies, 4,557 children, compared to single dose. See reference 21. There was a statistically significant reduction in the use of respiratory support in babies who had repeat antenatal corticosteroids compared with infants who received a single dose. Risk ratio 0.91, 95% confidence interval, 0.85 to 0.97. However, there was no effect of repeat corticosteroids on serious morbidity or mortality outcomes for the baby. No differences were seen in childhood outcomes of death, neurosensory impairment or disability, or respiratory disease. Babies exposed to repeat antenatal corticosteroids had a lower birth weight than those exposed to a single course, and a dose response was seen. Children who received repeat doses of antenatal corticosteroids had lower systolic, diastolic and mean arterial blood pressures. The clinical relevance of this is unclear. The authors concluded that total dose of repeat antenatal corticosteroids to reduce the need for neonatal respiratory support should be limited to 24 to 48 milligrams and a maximum of three courses to minimise side effects. Evidence level 1 plus. The World Health Organization's systematic review and guidance recommends a single rescue course of antenatal corticosteroids if women remain at high risk of preterm birth and more than seven days has elapsed since previous treatment. See reference 1. Evidence level 4. Section 12. Recommendations for future research. Studies are required to determine whether antenatal corticosteroids are effective in reducing neonatal morbidity when administered prior to elective caesarean birth at term. The gestational age range at which antenatal corticosteroids provide benefit and should therefore be considered or offered remains controversial and requires further investigation. The safety and effectiveness of steroids in multiple pregnancy, women with diabetes and in women with chorioamnionitis requires further investigation. Research is needed to investigate the effectiveness of lower doses of corticosteroids compared with current regimens and the potential off-target effects of different formulations and dosing schedules of antenatal corticosteroids. Follow-up studies are required to determine the long-term effects of antenatal corticosteroids, including on cardiovascular function and neurodevelopment and research is needed to investigate sexual dimorphism in response to antenatal corticosteroids. Section 13. Auditable Topics Proportion of women undergoing planned caesarean birth between 37 plus 0 and 38 plus 6 weeks who have documented discussion about the risks and benefits of a course of corticosteroids less than 95%. The proportion of women who are considered to be at high risk of imminent preterm birth between 24 plus 0 and 34 plus 6 weeks who are offered corticosteroids, less than 95%. Proportion of women with twin or triplet pregnancy who receive single or multiple untargeted routine courses of corticosteroids, 0%. 
proportion of women who are deemed to be at high risk of imminent preterm birth who give birth eight days or more after administration of antenatal corticosteroids, ideally 0%. Proportion of women who receive antenatal corticosteroids unnecessarily, women who birth at term after preterm administration of steroids, ideally 0%. For further information, including useful links and support groups, disclosure of interest, funding and support information, and references and appendices, please visit the Green Top Guideline number 74 in full on the RCOG website www.rcog.org.uk forward slash gtg74. Thank you.